Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. For all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. This quote, with which you're probably familiar, is actually the closing lines of a much longer poem, Maud Muller, written in 1856 by John Greenleaf Whittier. It's about a young woman who meets a wealthy judge, and while the two are attracted to each other, neither says anything, and they go on to live their lives wondering what might have been. Well, personally, I've never been big on regrets, but I can think of two major ones that I have. One uh, was a professional choice that I made, and if I had made a different choice, I probably would have gone on a different um, career track. The other was a personal choice that I made, and uh, it hurt somebody that I cared a lot about. Um, I sought forgiveness. Uh, I was given forgiveness, but still I I do live uh, with the guilt. I recently read the novel The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. The protagonist is Nora, a young English woman who, in despair over the emptiness of her life and the bad decisions she has made, attempts suicide. She's not quite successful, though, as she finds herself between life and death in the Midnight Library, staffed by her previous real-life former mentor and school librarian. And the librarian shows Nora her own personal book of regrets, that is, Nora's book of regrets. And Nora can, and she does, address, address those regrets by choosing from any of the hundreds of books on the library shelves, all of which give her access to her alternate lives, the lives she could have had based on both major and minor decisions. She goes back in time to experience many of those lives and learn something from each of them. Each lesson is an opportunity to assess her choices and come closer to a final decision. In our regrets, we always assume life would have, could have been better if we'd taken a different path, made a different choice. But as the Midnight Library asks, is that true? What if instead we could learn from our regrets rather than just sit uncomfortably with them? Daniel Pink, a Washington, D.C.-based writer, is the author of The Power of Regret, How Looking Backward Moves Us Forward. Based on his and his team's large and unprecedented studies, he overturns conventional wisdom and shows how regret, when properly handled, can help promote a life well-lived. The book, by the way, was a New York Times bestseller and uh, was named a best book of 2022 by NPR, Amazon, Apple Books, and the London Financial Times. Pink's team surveyed 4,500 Americans to collect their attitudes about regret. At the same time, they also launched a website to collect regrets from around the world. I'll put that website link on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. To date, Pink and his team have collected more than 16,000 regrets from people in 105 countries. 
the American Regret Project, as it's called, in connection with the World Regret Survey, forms the largest pool of data ever collected about what we humans regret. Paula Davis, a lawyer turned psychologist specializing in stress and resilience, writes, quote, both regret and disappointment arise when an outcome is not what you wanted, counted on, or thought would happen. But with disappointment, you often believe the outcome was outside your control. Not so with regret. You believe the outcome was caused by your own decisions or actions. In other words, it's your fault. Davis also writes about Pink's studies. She says, one of his most interesting findings is that there is a deep structure to regret, four categories into which regrets can be placed and each category is meant to teach. So she goes on to list them and here is what she says. One, foundation regrets. These regrets represent failures to be responsible, conscientious, or prudent, and they leave you thinking, if only I had done the work. A lot of finance and health-related regrets are in this category. The lesson, think ahead. Do the work. Start now. Two, boldness regrets. Over time, humans are much more likely to regret inaction the chances they did not take. Those opportunities to start a business, chase a true love or something less grand, like learning a new language or how to play an instrument. They leave you thinking, oh, if only I'd taken that chance. Inaction regrets, by the way, outnumbered action regrets in Pink's survey by two to one. And the lesson? Ask him or her out. Take the trip. Start the business. Speak up on behalf of yourself or someone else. This is my aside. Uh, it reminds me of the Liza Minnelli song that I've always liked, Say Yes. I'll post a link to that too. Why not? Okay. So uh, Davis continues about pink studies. Number three, moral regrets. This category represents those times when you had a choice and took the low road. These regrets make up the smallest of the four categories, representing only about 10% of the total regrets Pink and his team collected. They found that while they are the smallest in number, they are the greatest in variety and often the most individually painful. They leave you wondering, oh, if only I had done the right thing. The lesson, when in doubt, take a high road. And number four, connection regrets. These regrets happen when you neglect the people who matter to you and who help establish your sense of wholeness. These regrets make up the largest category. Humans have a massive amount of regret about fractured or unrealized relationships. These regrets sound like, if only I had reached out. Again, my aside here, I can say that I've done that uh, a few years ago. I wrote Christmas letters to a lot of people in my life, some of whom were no longer in my life, but thanking them and telling, what them, telling them what they had contributed to my life. So uh, Paula Davis goes on to say that these regrets can either be open door, you can still do something about it, or closed door in which the circumstances are impossible to change. What often thwarts repair attempts is your own flawed thinking. You massively overestimate how awkward or bothered the receiver will feel 
while also underestimating how positively they are likely to react. The lesson, if it's a closed door regret, do better next time. If it's an open door regret, do something now. Davis conducted a small survey herself. She asked a small group, of the two options below, which do you believe? I have regrets and they have taught me a lot. Or, no regrets. My mistakes brought me to this point in my life. So A is, I have regrets and they taught me a lot. B, no regrets. 68 responses were collected in 24 hours and 62% of people answered B. No regrets. My mistakes brought me to this point in my life. So Davis says this one simple question resulted in powerful conversations about shame, missed opportunities, the evolution of one's personal regret philosophy, and regret generally. The no regrets ethos is a strong one, but as Pink points out, and this is still Davis writing, it's also dangerous. In adults, the true absence of regret can be a sign of serious illness, including a range of psychiatric and neurological diseases. Regret is actually a marker of a healthy and maturing mind. That is a researcher Pink's opinion uh, based on how Davis interprets it. She goes on to say people who strongly identify with the no regrets philosophy may have simply learned how to optimize regret. At its essence, life's misses are powerful teachers, pointing you closer to what you really need and value, that you want a measure of stability to grow and explore the world and your place in it, that you want to do the right thing and you long to love and connect with others. End quote from Paula Davis. Now, Eric Erickson, he was a 20th century German-American developmental psychologist and psychoanalyst, and he's known for his theory on psychological development of human beings. Incidentally, he's also credited with coining the term identity crisis. Erickson described eight stages of personality, personality development, each of which he claimed is built on the previous stage. Integrity versus despair is his eighth and final stage, which begins at approximately age 65 and ends at death. Erickson, by the way, lived to be 92 years old. He was one of the few theorists to look at development across the entire course of the lifespan. And he was also one of the few to um, view the aging process itself as part of human development. At the integrity versus despair stage, and again, in Erickson's uh, world, this is the final stage, which many of us are in, as we confront our mortality, the key conflict, again, according to Erickson, is integrity versus despair. And the major question is, did I live a meaningful life? The basic virtue is wisdom, and the important event at this stage is reflecting back on one's life with integrity. That is, with a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment and perhaps acceptance and or success, a sense of wholeness, a lack of regret, a feeling 
of being at peace with oneself. Psychologists believe that there are factors that have positively affected this stage, such as having supportive relationships, a sense of pride in one's work and accomplishments, and or contributions made to society, whether writ small or writ large. But no matter what our age, no matter what regrets we may have had or still have, we can still seek and achieve that integrity by focusing on positive relationships. Reframing our thinking so rather than regretting, we learn from those regrets. We seek out new experiences, engage in spiritual practices that may help bring feelings of peace and well-being. And if needed, we get professional help, whether it's medical, financial, legal, or emotional, if we need it. But maybe, just maybe, we don't need regrets. Maybe we just need to understand ourselves, forgive ourselves, and trust in the very messy humanness of who we are and how we lived our lives our way. I love the way singer Shirley Bassey expressed this in her 1974 live television special. And now, and so I face the final curtain. My friends, I'll say it clear. I'll stake my case, of which I'm certain. I've had my fill, my ship of music. I 
Thank you for listening. Resources for this episode will be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.